Hallelujah. How many know God is in control? He is in control. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and go to Psalms chapter 2. Go back there. I'll just share with you a few minutes tonight. So good to have each and every one of you. Glad you're here. I just want to just be exalting our King of Kings who reigns over this earth. I just want to exalt Jesus, the head of the church, and that all things are under His control. It says, men's hearts will fail, but He says, don't you, don't you allow worry to weary you. Do not allow fear and worry to weary you, because He is on the throne. And it doesn't matter. We'll read tonight. God laughs. He doesn't get stressed. He's not on a breathing machine because of the way things are. God laughs at the futile attempt of man to bring down God and bring down His church. He laughs. And sometimes you need to learn to laugh. You need to go ahead and just laugh. That poor devil and those poor people, they don't know what they're doing and who they're fooling with. Well, everything they can say and everything they can do is just emptiness and void and vain before the King of Righteousness. They will not destroy the church and they will not silence the voice of the bride. So I want to encourage you tonight. Don't you dare allow anything to cause you to become worried. You need to go back to, we used to sing that song. One day at a time, Lord Jesus. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Sometimes I feel that the atmosphere is cut in the church service because people are in church already worrying about tomorrow or worrying where they're going to eat, worrying what the line's going to look like. Can you imagine? The eternal sword of the Spirit is being used to cut asunder, to edify and to build, and we're worrying about where we're going to eat. We're worrying about what we're going to do this afternoon. We're trying to figure out whether we're going to come back to church, and we're wondering what we're going to do for tomorrow, where tomorrow will take care of itself. God knows you have need of these things. He says, study the birds. Don't study Wall Street. Study the birds. They don't have a care. God knows even when one falls from the nest. He knows how to meet their every need. Stop worrying about what they're saying on CNN and take a look at what I created. That the grass is here and gone tomorrow. Don't worry. Don't get fretful. Don't get worn down and beat down about what tomorrow the future holds. He says in Jeremiah 23, uh, 11, 29... Jeremiah eleven twenty nine, Jeremiah, one of those scriptures, he says, I have an expected end for you. I have a good expected end for you. Jeremiah eleven twenty nine, Huh? Yeah, that one. 29, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I have an expected end for you. It's a good end. I tell you what, I'm not going out off of this earth in a bad way. I'm going off of this earth in a good way. You're going off of this earth on a good way. Glory be to God. Amen. The enemy can't take you out unless he goes through God. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to see Psalms chapter 2 verse 1. Why, I love the message translation. Why the big noise, the nations? Why the mean plots, peoples? Earth leaders push for position. Delegates meet for summit talks. The God deniers and the Messiah defiers. 
Let's get free of God. Cast loose from the Messiah. Heaven throne God breaks out laughing. <laughs> at first he's amused at that presumption. Then he gets good and angry. Furiously he shuts them up. Don't you know that there is a king in Zion? Amen, church? A coronation banquet is spread for him in Holy Summit. Let me tell you what God said next. He said, you are my son. What do you want? Name it. Nations as a present, continents as a prize. You command them all to dance for you or throw them out in tomorrow's trash. So rebel kings, use your heads. Upstart judges, learn your lesson. Worship God in adoring embrace. Celebrate in trembling awe. Kiss the Messiah. Your very lives are in danger. You know His anger is about to explode. But if you make a run for God, you won't regret it. Boy, I love that type of English. Amen? Hallelujah. How many regret the day you got converted? Anybody? No. Make a run to God. You won't regret it. Trust Him in these end times. Trust Him in what's going on. You won't regret it. I love what it says. The King James says, they said, like Pharaoh, and you can read in Exodus 2, 1 through 3. It says, let us, Pharaoh says, let us deal with them. How many know that there is wicked spirits in high places, rulers of this darkness world, working with politicians and leaders, working with mafia, working with the underground, working with drug dealers. There's evil demonic spirits working in Hollywood, in, in demonic movies, and, and working in all these different areas and, and causing people to sell themselves because they feel like they have no future. And the enemy just trying to cause havoc in the minds and the hearts of people. But I praise God that there is a spirit that even though they said, let us deal with them, and the demonic spirits just trying to cause people to be killed and to be degraded, there is a spirit of revival brewing. There are people who are calling out for God for salvation and revival in this land and all that they try to do because all they want this is what they're out for they want to bring a restraint on the church they want to bring a restraint on God but how can you put a restraint on the creator of the universe how can you put a restraint on the Holy Ghost I read to you a while back about that uh, preacher in Asia who was put in prison in, in the Philippines, he says, thank God they had me in jail. Now they put me on an island with all kind of heathen people. And now I can preach the gospel to everybody on this island and the government's paying for it. How can you lock up the spirit of God? How can you lock up a voice of triumph? How can you lock up the voice that says, open ye gates and let the king of glory come in? Who is the king of glory? How can you put a top? On the power and the glory and the might of God. There is no way that you can put a restraint on God. It says, let us break. It says here, let us break their bonds asunder. Let us rid ourselves of all restraint. Oh, you got to be kidding. They, will, they can say everything they can. We don't want to mention the name of Jesus or Christ. But it's still going to come out even stronger. For the few who are silenced didn't have the anointing to say the name by those who will speak out anyway. God is able to cause the rocks to cry out. And the few who are easily persuaded to get under restraint and obey man instead of obey God and the Spirit, they didn't have victory in the tone of their voice before the enemy anyway. Did you hear about the 
the, a thief who wanted to get into this home during vacation time. And he was outside spying on this house, waiting for the people to pack up and go on vacation. And so finally he saw that they were loading up the suitcases. And after they left, he picked the lock and he broke into that house. And he went in there and all of a sudden he went in there and he goes, Anybody home? And a voice responded and says, I see you and Jesus sees you. It was real quiet and he said again, Is anybody home? I see you and Jesus sees you. And he gets his flashlight and he turns it on towards the voice. And sure enough, he sees a parrot in a cage. And the parrot says, I see you and Jesus sees you. And so he just laughs and walks back and turns the light switch on. And he looks and he stands there and turns white. Because underneath the parrot cage is a Doberman pincher. And the parrot goes, Jesus, attack! I see you and Jesus sees you. Amen. Let's put a restraint. How many know that Satan and a third of the angels thought they could put a restraint on the throne of God? And God used his little finger. And he cast them out like lightning, they fell. And all the world and all that they think they can gather against. And, and the burning of the churches. And the persecution of the church. And the mocking of Christ. And the cartoons that mock Christ. His blood, his cross, and the word. All that this world is trying to conjure up to try to belittle men. All that this world is trying to do to conjure up and belittle women and belittle children and that life is of no value and it's just okay to take these lives and kill it and pull it apart by these machines and in the mother's womb and all that they're trying to do to, to just make life look so cheap. God's finger still rules. But He says, I'm going to extend my holy hand and I'm going to shake the nation and show them who is in charge. They have a poem that I believe it was... Uh, 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 uh. Anyway, a preacher wrote, Thy walls are strengthened, and at thy gates a guard of heavenly counsels and of love. A, a guard of heavenly warriors waits, nor shall thy deep foundations move. Fix on his counsel and his love. Their forces are in vain designed to engage against thy throne, and in vain they engage like rising waves with angry roar that dash and die upon the shore. How many know that our God rules? I want you meditating on that each and every day when you get up. My God reigns. You need to sing that song. My God reigns. My God reigns. My God reigns. Every time you hear something negative, you need to say, My God reigns. My God reigns. Their futile attempts is weak. Before God, there's nothing that the enemy can do. The enemy cannot even stand before you. The Word of God says, resist the devil and has to flee before you. We, you saw this morning we had this, these precious families that were from Ville Platte that I, I was a part of the worship team with Don since the, uh, the uh, middle 70s. And uh, like I said, he played for our wedding. They were here visiting this morning. Well, we went out to eat after church and they were reminding me. And uh, of course, they don't have to remind me, but they were speaking that uh, when I was 17, we lived out in the country. 
And we moved into this house, and all kind of different things were going wrong in this house. And we found some weird stickers in this house, and the atmosphere was really bad. And we didn't anoint that house like we usually did when we moved into a new rent house. And uh, one night, I had a dream, and I saw these demonic forces walking through our house there. And I saw them as clear as I could see you. And they were walking in this house, and they were saying real clear, I could hear them say, This is our house. This is our domain. This is our house. And they were walking just confidently through that house. And I woke up, and you could feel the presence was so wicked. And I went and woke up my mom and dad. And I said, Mom, Dad, this is what I saw. And they said that when they woke up, their hairs on the back of their neck stood up. And they were reminding them of this because I shared it with church. And people started coming to get saved. And, and, and it did so much for their lives like it did for mine. But I told them that. And they woke up, and we got the oil. And we started going around the house, pleading the blood of Jesus, anointing the house with oil, commanding every demonic force and every stronghold. Uh, the people had had their dead buried in the yard. And when they moved, they had moved the graves, but you could still see where they were buried. Later on, we found occultic magazines in the garage uh, in a certain place, and all kind of different things were happening. So we went around that house and commanding those spirits to go and to go in Jesus' name. And then we went back to bed. Well, I went back to bed and I said, Father, you showed me that they were here. Now show me that they're gone. And all of a sudden, we lived on a winding gravel road to the main blacktop, and I saw them demons running down that gravel road. And they were running, and they were looking back at the house, terrified like a tornado had hit that house. And they were running so much, they would grab the uh, demon in front of them and knock him down in his place and run on. And they were trying to see who could get out there the fastest, looking back in terror and torment. And the Lord says, look in the corner of your room. And it was an older house with 12-foot roofs, uh, ceilings. And I looked, and there were angels in each corner. He says, I have these all around your house. And he says, these are here to protect you. And so I went to sleep and woke up the next day at breakfast. And and mom and dad says, well, did you sleep okay? I said, I slept fine. And I told them what I saw when I went back to bed. And they said, we didn't sleep at all. Why didn't you come tell us that you what you saw? And then we might have got some sleep. But I tell you what. You have the authority. You have the spirit of might. You have the spirit of power. You have a two-edged sword. You are the very elect of God. Everything that God says about Jesus in the Word, He says about you. Come on. He says it about you, the church. And you've got to accept it. You've got to believe it. And you've got to say it. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Opposition of God. Opposition against God cannot stand. We won't have time to read him, but in Job chapter 9 verse through verse 21, he's saying, call an army to arise. And so it's like we sing that song. You see dry bones, we see an army. You see dry bones, we see an army. You see dry bones, we see an army. And all you have to do is believe because God is asking us and He is challenging us. Do you believe that I can make these dry bones live? Do you believe that I can send a revival in America? No matter who would even get into office, they can't ruin something that He cannot fix and get the glory of being able to be the champion of this nation and raise it to a level so that men will not have their faith in men, but get their faith back in God. Can I hear an amen? He died and rose again as the foundation of the church. He rules and reigns. And as I wrote in the bulletin, he stands in the middle of the church with a banner of victory, and he is not George Armstrong Custer. There is no way he's going down. The church is going to rule and reign, and we're going to win. Do you hear me, church? You win. You win, my brothers and my sisters. You are winners. Every one of you are winners. And you are going to win. 
it says in verse 1 and 2, human nature wants to arise against God. They can have all the plans and purposes to degrade and come against God that they want. But the Bible says that God has a preordained plan that is the predetermined will of God on this earth for this nation, for the nations of this world, and for your life. He has a predetermined will for you that no devil from hell, no principality of power can separate you from what God has determined for you. So just know that if God has a determined will for your life, then you have a determined, you need to get a determination that that will of God for my life there might be some crossing of the road sometime. There might be some changing of the plans. There might be some things that my dream may not have turned out like I wanted it to. There may have been all kind of obstacles that seem to change the course of the trips and the places we decide to go. But God at the end is going to rearrange and put our lives back into focus, into the plan that He predetermined for us. And what if the enemy has tried to do to humiliate you, tear you down, wear you out, cause you to faint, cause you to fall. He is going to have to see that God is going to use you as glory when He takes you from a fallen place to a risen place out of the miry clay upon the rock to stay. Come on, you ought to be giving God glory right now. You ought to be giving God glory right now. This is the year 2008. This is the year of new beginnings. He has humiliated you. He has humbled you. He has made you feel like nothing way too long and way too much. There's a spirit of Christ arising inside of you that all the attempts of the devil against you is empty and vain and cannot succeed. Not one plan of the enemy can succeed against that believer walking in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not one plan. You are not in this time. You are not a born-again believer. I am not a minister of the gospel. You're not a minister of the gospel. For him to all of a sudden start humiliating, tearing you down to where your life starts ending up being nothing. There's substance in you. There's power in you. There's DNA from the breath of God inside of you that cries out triumph. Can I hear you the victory tonight? I mean, you know, he's handled politicians of the past. Pharaoh says, let's deal with them. Go ahead and try. But I'm going to laugh only so long that I'm going to deal with you. The enemy that's been trying to come against you, coming against your children, come against your heritage, come against your dreams and your desires, the, the Lord God is going to cause them to be humiliated before you. And you're going to be able to say of what you stood on and what God has brought forth into fusion for your life. Amen. Amen. Look at uh, chapter 2. It says in, in verse 6 there, For the Lord declares, I have placed. The Lord declares. Say, the Lord declares. The Lord declares. He declares. It doesn't matter what politician. It doesn't matter what party. It doesn't matter what president. It doesn't matter what king. It doesn't matter what political party uh, in another nation says. The Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne. How many of you know when he talks to Jesus, he talks to you? How many of you are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? In Jerusalem, on my holy mountain, the king proclaims the Lord's decree. Now, God has been speaking about His Son. Now, Jesus is going to say, The Lord said to me, You are my Son. 
This is my son. Today I have become your father. This is my son. How many know that I believe it's in the book of Mark. Jesus was with a few of his disciples on the mountain of trigger, uh, transfiguration. And all of a sudden, uh, Moses and Elijah showed up to speak to him. And what did, the, uh, uh, what did the, the three disciples want to do? They wanted to build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Isn't it something that when the glory of God comes, that we're no different than sometimes the Catholics. We want to build a monument and we want to build a building. Oh, the glory of God is here. Let's build a building. Oh, the glory of God is here. Let's do something else. And we want to start building something materially. But God is working because He is building something spiritual in you. That's why. And all of a sudden they said, let's build a monument. Let's build a tabernacle. And God says, this is my son. Hear ye him. The glory is not about a building or an organization. The glory is about the king. You're putting your attention on a tabernacle. You're putting your attention upon the prophets. This is my son. The glory is to hear him, to see him, and to know him. That's where God is wanting to bring us in this age that we're living, is to take counsel together to come and receive him. And it says, I love it in the King James Bible, it says, yet, say yet, yet. He says, yet I, my son is going to rise up. And then he goes on to say, I will declare and I will decree. The Lord has said unto me, God has been speaking, but now he is declaring his own rights. And you've got to speak the word of the Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. There is prayer. There is intercession. There is fasting that is going on. And I just believe that there is a mighty move of God brewing even in this area right here in central Louisiana where you and I live. How many of you believe with me? I believe that there is something that has been brewing for quite a while. And I believe that it's coming and it's coming. And it's not going to be ex- to exalt a man or an organization. It is going to exalt Jesus. And that we are going to fall back in love with Jesus Christ. We're going to fall back in love with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our will, with all of our body, with all that we have. We will once again fall back into love with our first love, Jesus Christ, and live to exalt Him with all that we have. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But now in the final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to His Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleaned us, cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor, the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. For God never said to an angel what he said to Jesus, you are my son. Today I have become your father. And God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. 
And when he brought his firstborn son into the world, God said, let all the angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends his angels like winds and his servants like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You will rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing, but you will fold them like a cloak and disregard them like old clothing. But you will always the same. You will live forever. God never said to any of His angels, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them the footstool under your feet. But how many of you know he did tell Jesus that? Amen? Look with me in 1 John chapter 5. I've got to hurry here. Just want to exhort you tonight. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 2. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. 1 John chapter 5 verse 2. How many of you believe in Jesus tonight? How many of you believe in Jesus tonight? It says in 1 John 5 verse 1. Every person, this is the message, every person who believes that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, is God begotten. You are a begotten son and daughter of the Most High God. If we love the one who conceives the child, we surely love the child who was conceived. The reality test on whether or not we love God's children is this. Do we love God? Do we keep His commandments? And they are not, and are they not all troublesome? Every God begotten person, how many? That's no, that's you. Every God begotten person conquers. Shout out, conquers. Shout it out loud. Shout it out loud. Conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. The person who wins out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus, the divine Christ, he experienced a life-giving birth and a death-killing death. Not only birth from the womb, but baptismal birth of his ministry and sacrificial death. And all the while, the Spirit is confirming the truth and the reality of God's presence at Jesus' baptism and crucifixion, bringing those occasions alive for us. A triple testimony. The Spirit the baptism, and the crucifixion, and the three are in perfect agreement. If we take human testimony at face value, how much more should we be reassured when God gives testimony as He does here, testifying concerning His Son? Whosoever believes in the Son of God inwardly confirms God's testimony. Whosoever refuses to believe in effect calls God a liar, refusing to believe God's own testimony regarding His Son. How many of you know... We, it's not that hard for many of us to believe, oh yes, Jesus is the Son of God. But when you hear someone, it is hard for many people to believe that they are a son and a daughter of God. And how can you overcome this world unless you have the total revelation that you are a begotten, a breathed, a planned child of God, predetermined plan for your life? It says this is the testimony in essence. 
God gave us eternal life, and the life is in His Son. So whosoever has the Son has life. Woo! How many know you have life? Amen? So I want to just tell you this. Whosoever is born of God is born in a place of authority. Your decrees, your plans, your prayers... They're, they're important for you to decree and declare every day. You've got to decree, I overcome evil with good. And I'm not overcome with evil. You've got to decree that greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. You've got to decree and declare knowing that even as Jesus was victorious every way, that the Spirit of God is victorious in you to allow you and cause you and mature you and I to a place to where we can live victorious every day. Even in a sin-cursed world, we can shine as lights of the glory of Christ Jesus. Amen. So we see we are in a place of authority. God has put us here and He has told us as He told His Son, rule in the midst of your enemies. I'm planning on ruling in the midst of my enemies. Amen. Worship. Proclaim the power of His blood. Now, I want to just end tonight with some of the things we need to proclaim over the Lordship of Jesus Christ. How many, believe you, how many of you believe and have no problem saying Jesus is the chosen one? How many of you can say, I am a chosen one? I am a chosen one. You've got to meditate on that. Glory be to God. You've got to get it stirred up on the inside of you. I am a chosen son. I am a chosen daughter of God. It doesn't matter of the natural birth heritage. It doesn't matter even of maybe what's your reputation or, or your report of the past. You are a chosen son and daughter of God. You have all the rights that Jesus had as a son of God because he gave them to you by paying the price to redeem you and set you free. You've got to believe I am a chosen son. Say that again. I am a chosen son. How many believe that Jesus was the elect of God, the chosen of God? How many of you believe I am the elect of God? How many believe you are the chosen of God? You are precious in His sight. Amen? How many believe that Jesus is beyond anything you've ever seen or known? How many believe that He is the embodiment of truth and reality of who God is to us? How many know that he was the second David, the second Israel, and the second Adam? How many of you know that he is the one in Revelations 4.8 that is being sung nonstop every day as we sung tonight? Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. How many believe in 1 Timothy 3.16? He was revealed in the flesh was vindicated in the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. How many believe Colossians 1, 15 and 20? That He is the invisible expression of the invisible God. Do you know you are a visible expression of the invisible God also? It says, by Him and for Him all things were created. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten who in the bosom of His Father. How many of you know that as Jesus was, the Word made flesh? The expression openly of the power and the authority and the love and the total expression of who God was, 
is and will always be. You, my brother and sister, every one of you are the expression of God in the flesh, of the expression of the character and the nature and the authority and the power and the might and the healing and the virtue and the anointing and the glory. All that makes God who He is is now you are you are the temple of the Holy Spirit to receive all the truth of the Godhead inside of you to be conformed as the elect and the chosen and the perfect son and daughter of the Most High Living God. Oh, it's time to believe it and walk in that new place. As Brother Chuck prophesied, stand straight and walk as a ruler, as a king, as a princess on this earth to stand and rule and reign in this life through Christ Jesus. Oh, I just want to see the church ruling and reigning. I want to see the church walking victoriously over the power of the enemy. I'm tired of the enemy humiliating the body of Christ. It is time for the body of Christ to humiliate the enemy. I believe that when the devil has tried to bring these up who are using all their liberal anointing to promote liberal liberalism and, and homosexuality and all these other things, I believe God is raising up voices that the enemy will not be able to withstand. What you see on TV about this one will attack that one, and this one will say this, and this one will say that. And right now, it's just going back and forth. God is raising up some prophets. God is raising up some prophetesses. God is raising up some children who are going to be able to respond at the difficult questions, who are going to be able to stand in class and cause the teacher to shut her book and say, I thought I knew what I believed. I thought I believed what they taught me in college. I thought I believed what Darwin and what they said in evolution. I thought that's what I believed. But after hearing this child tell me what she believes and feeling the presence of God upon her life, I am beginning to doubt what I believe. And I want to accept and have a faith like she has a faith. I believe God is going to raise up voices that the gainsayers will not be able to mock and laugh at anymore. I believe that instead of ministries coming to get known with scams and all this other stuff, I believe God is raising up ministries where it's all going to be about pointing towards Jesus and exalting and glorifying Him. And instead of the church getting known and the world saying, do you remember this man of God? Do you remember that man of God? Do you remember the last pastor who did this? Do you remember the last pastor who did this? I believe it's coming to a point where judgment is starting in the church so that God's holy men and women are going to rise and bring glory. Glory to God. Yeah, you may want to talk about the schemes and the scams and everything else, but let me tell you about the dead being raised, the blind seeing, the dumb talking. Let me tell you about tumors and cancer falling off and out of the body. You want to talk about a scam and a scheme? Let me tell you about when they take Satan and wrap him up with a chain and we all get to dance on his head a little while and kick him down into that bottomless pit. It is time that the church arise where they need to be. And instead of the scams being about the church, it needs to be about the world. It needs to be about senators and congressmen and judges. It needs to be about those who sit and call themselves justice so that God's justice will be known even in the place of justice. That He has the final word in the area of justice. That they can say and use excuses and do all that they want to. But it's time that God gets known that He has the final verdict on what is right and what is true. And He says for us to love judgment and us to love justice and mercy. I believe that there is a strength 
coming back into the backbone of the body of Christ. I believe that this watering down the gospel and the salt losing its flavor and the light of the gospel going dim, I believe that there is a renewing and a revival and a reviving that's going to come forth. That men and women are seeking God and praying and fasting and searching the Scriptures and coming to know them personally. And instead of spending a lot of time in books, which is okay, they're spending more time on the written Word of God, which will last forever. I tell you, there's not going to be a lot of books in heaven except those that God has preordained. And this is going to be the book that lasts forever. And if we're spending too much time reading other books that were not inspired like this book was inspired and breathed upon like this book has been breathed upon to get it down on the inside of us to receive the strength of the Lord to know that not one yet God stands behind this word that it doesn't return void God stands behind this word God stands behind this word God stands behind this word and when you speak his word in faith He's obligated in covenant to stand behind you. Stand behind you. Stand behind you. Oh, I tell you. They were at today wanting us to tell stories about Argentina. I don't even tell half the stories I used to tell. Because I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. Oh, we could write some books about things we've seen and done. All the miracles and demon-possessed and all this other stuff. But I don't want to talk about what has been. It's hard. I want to talk about what's coming. I want to see them coming through those doors and the darkness in their eyes. But at the mention of the name of Jesus, the screeching starts coming. And they start crying out, why are you tormenting us? And it's not us that is tormenting it, but it is the Spirit of Christ Jesus that's tormenting the power of the enemy. That in the name, in my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Give me a strong church. Give me a praying church. Give me a bold church. Give me a courageous church. That in this time, will not bow to the liberalism and the seeker-friendly Doctrine that has ruined this nation. Give me a people who's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power. The power. <laughs> it is the power. It is the power. It is the power of God. Those who believe. Glory be to God. I hope that hell heard me tonight. I came to preach to Satan and not to you. I hope the principalities over this region has heard Christ and His kingdom exalted in glory and honor. I want them to know that we decree and proclaim the truth. And He will not stop us. He will not stop you. And you just continue. To proclaim and decree big things. Big things. You hear me, church? Big things. Thousands of souls being saved and freed and delivered. The restraints right now in Jesus' name. I take that scripture. And the bonds that are broken, that have been put upon God's people, 
I command those bondages to be broken in Jesus' name. That the spirit of Pharaoh, the Satan, the spirit of the Antichrist, the bonds that have been put upon God's people and upon even those who are innocent, be brought as victims. I pray those bondages broken and I come against tonight in the name of Jesus. And I pray against all restraints in this area, in this area, in this state. Tonight, we come against the restraints that have been put demonically to hold down the outpouring and the moving of the Holy Ghost. We come against the restraints on minds. We come against all religious restraints. We come against all denominational restraints. We come against all mindset restraints. We come against all restraints and limitations. We come against all self-appointed limitations. We come against all doubt through restrictions. We come against unbelief. We come against all the restrictions and restraints of unbelief and doubt in the body of Christ. And we pray that there is a faith that causes God to marvel. Even as the centurion caused Jesus to marvel. For he found a great faith among the people who were not his people. We decree a faith arising even from among those who were not of the people. But are now become a people. For they have once sought in darkness. But now they have seen the great light of the gospel. And the restraints upon young people and children and the elderly. Are being ripped and torn asunder. Even as the veil was. Because the glory of God is being released. Into our region. We pray in Jesus name. We pray every household on fire. We pray the fire in every church. We pray the fire in every school. We pray the fire on every job. We pray the fire in Central, in Pinecrest. We pray the fire in hospitals. We pray the fire, Lord, in denominational headquarters. We pray the fire of God. Even those who did not call upon you, as it says in Isaiah 60, they did not call upon you, but you held your hand open to them for them to come to know a God they did not seek after. But you said, here am I. I praise you for the opening of eyes that people are hungry for the truth of your gospel in this area. Lord, we are watchmen over this area. We are not getting off of our guard. We are not getting off of our guard. Divorce rate is getting out of this area. It's going down. Unemployment is going out of our region. Uh, violence, you have to go from our region. Poverty, you've got to go from our region. Overfilled hospitals because of the devil, you've got to go out of our region in Jesus' name. Church where there's no miracles, signs, and wonders, it's changing today in Jesus' name. I praise you for prayers that pull on your heart. To scare the enemy. The dreams you've had. That you say, why haven't my dreams come true? It's because even your dreams intimidated the devil. Your plans and your desires to be used by God and the things to go into 
have been attacked and the devil has caused you. Even while we were worshiping, I saw an oil can and I saw that he's wanting to, to put oil and get the rust off of joints and parts of, of things you've had in your attic, which is dreams and visions, and you've just put it up there to rust. He has taken the oil out and he is removing the rust so that those dreams and visions, once again, will be a very part of the center of your heart, of your desire, that that which you want held dear, you will take once again. And the anointing will cause the rust and the decay to go away from those dreams and visions and desires. So that once again, you will accept those dreams, visions and desires. And even though the enemy will be intimidated and will try to rise up against you from the left and the right, the Lord will be your guard and your glory. And He will surround you because He gave you those dreams. He, like Joseph, He gave you those dreams. Don't let. Others stop you from fulfilling the dreams and desires of your heart. The rust is being removed. That which the enemy meant for evil, God is turning it around for your good. I keep hearing, and I want you to receive this, whoever you are. For all the humiliation that maybe you even brought upon yourself. God is still going to restore the years that the humiliation has eaten your harvest, your present, and your future. And He's going to pour His anointing upon you in all flesh. And there's going to rise a great and mighty army which you will be a part of. And by the things you have learned through the trials and mistakes and errors, He's going to give you a divine wisdom for you never to fall into those same areas again. He is anointing your eye with new eye staff, fresh eye staff, so that you will be able to see the things that cause you to waver and the things that cause you to go astray, so that you will never go astray again. He's given you a heart and new spirit to follow the precepts of every letter of His Word, so that you will never be in a position to be tore down or humiliated by the enemy again. We take off the restraints in worship and praise. We cast off the restraints of raising our hands in the tabernacle of David where we can raise our hands and dance and sing and play and run and shout and dance. You said in Acts 16 that in the latter days will restore the tabernacle of David where everyone is freely to go into the holiest of holies and to worship at the feet and see the glory of the face of Christ Jesus. I praise you that there is a restraint being torn off into the gifts of the Spirit so that prophecy and word of wisdom and word of knowledge and, and discerning of spirits and tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy and, and, and the gifts of healings and the working of miracles and the gift of faith can freely flow in everyday lifestyle among your people by the Spirit of the living God because the restraints of being just to a tabernacle is being taken off for you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. I praise you for the freshness and the move of your spirit in and among your people. And we rejoice in your presence this night. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, stand up upon your feet and let's give the Lord praise. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah to Jesus.